chapter 25 tonight. That would be 5, not 25. <laughs> it will be verse 25 within chapter 5. <clears throat> Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Uh, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and uh, they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, I, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, that every one of you in particular love his wife, even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. And, and Lord, I thank you for uh, the cleansing stream. And I thank you for the blood of Christ. And, and Lord, uh, we needed uh, your righteousness to be imputed to our accounts. And we thank you for the, your mercy that has made that possible, Lord. And we just thank you and praise your name. And, Father, I pray uh, for the filling of your spirit tonight to minister uh, the word to your people. Pray for each here, for those uh, joining us online, Father, and that you would just speak to our hearts, challenge us in your love. Be with my dear wife in the nursery, fill her with your spirit, uh, taking care of the children there. And Father, bless her in the ministry there. I thank you for all that your, your people do here in this place and for all the prayers that go forth. And, we do pray for all those who could not be here, especially because of health reasons. Comfort, uh, Father, each one of them. Help them each today, Lord. I thank you for the promise of your coming. I pray you'd help us to occupy until you come. And that we might be uh, among those that are found abiding in you. And, uh, and Father, help us to, uh, to have our hearts toward that and our eyes toward heaven. And, Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right, we're continuing to look at relationship between husbands and wives. We started with the husbands here first. and Start uh, with that passage that every man fears to open to in the Bible. <laughs> I want you to know that when I read this passage, it's uh, don't think I'm up on the mountaintop looking down saying, come up and join me. Uh-uh, we're both, we're all looking up at God's word and uh, saying, God help me to, to, to follow you closer, follow you better, uh, help me to, to love my wife uh, uh, more like you love me. And uh, that's always room for that, isn't there? And uh, I'm thankful for my wife. Uh, when I married, I married way up. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. I was telling her on the way in, uh, you know, I'm, uh, she's, she's my helpmate. And uh, God knows those of us men who need that. 
and some have a different calling, uh, but uh, I'm thankful for my wife, and, uh, and I want to be able to uh, love her more like Christ, and so uh, I'm sure that we all do. It's something we, we can be growing in uh, until he comes. So I've entitled the message tonight simply, Husbands, Love Your Wives. Um, we think about uh, marriage, and it's the first of three institutions ordained by God uh, in the Bible. Uh, the first, of course, uh, being the institution of marriage. Uh, Adam and Eve, they're in the garden. What God had joined together, let not man put asunder. So marriage was God's idea. Amen. Therefore, he has the right to define marriage, doesn't he? And, uh, and we, we, we stand uh, by that and uh, worship in that sense. Then there was human government immediately after the flood, uh, where uh, mankind was given uh, the right to take the life of those who would take the life of another. That was, uh, had been in God's hands uh, before that, it seems. Uh, yet God put that in the, in the hands of man, human government, even up to the point of taking away physical life uh, of murderers and such, those who kill others. Uh, and so we see that human government. And then, of course, the church. Uh, the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 6 and 18, and I, say unto thee, uh, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we have the church. And uh, I'm thankful uh, to... Uh, to uh, walk in God's will in all three of those institutions and, uh, and endeavor to try to glorify his, uh, his name. Uh, uh, it's been said, as goes the heart, so goes the home. As goes the home, so goes the church. As goes the church, so goes the nation. And so we, we think of, uh, uh, of a husband as being God's ordained head of the home. Uh, husbands have the opportunity to be a great catalyst uh, for for revival, and so we we want to uh, God to work through us. Of course, we know that the Christian life is lived by Jesus Christ. Uh, our the, our work is ju is just trying to get out of His way, Amen, and uh, trying to trust Him, trying to lay down that what I want, you know, my will that that uh, that tyrannical I, you know, that lives inside of all of us. And by the way, that's, that's a lifetime battle, isn't it? And, uh, and yet we need to get up and we need to fight that every day. Husbands, love your wives. So as we endeavor to do this, we're going to see that, that uh, husband's uh, love for his wife must include, number one, protection. Must include, number one, protection. Uh, we read in uh, verse 25, that husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, what would have happened to us had not Christ uh, come and died for us? Uh, we would have been condemned to hell. Uh, the devil attacked uh, mankind. And what did Jesus do? He delivered mankind. Amen. He, he protected us from our own selves and from the wickedness that devil uh, would have wanted for us. He made that protection possible through faith in him. Uh, through his sufferings, through that precious blood that we just sang about. And uh, he said, greater love hath no man than this, what? That a man laid down his life for his friends. He died to save us. <laughs> That's protection, folks. And, uh, and uh, a, 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 every man ought to be willing to die to save his wife, uh, if necessary, to give his life uh, and, and, and to be a protector uh, uh, to, his, uh, to, his, to his wife. 
And uh, we remember also from the lesson last week that this is a, we're called to do this because she is in some way, she's called in 1 Peter 3, 7, uh, we're to give all knowledge unto the wife as unto what? The weaker vessel. She's not as physically strong uh, generally uh, as her husband. That's why uh, uh, many wives you see, especially uh, among the world, uh, if they're in abusive relationships, uh, they end up staying in them and many times not, e not even reporting the evils. Why? Because they're fearful. You know, because the big old brute is just going to let them have it again if they, you know, if, if they try to speak out. And so, so those that are sinful and wicked, uh, men take advantage of that, uh, of that vessel being made weaker. Uh, we as Christians are supposed to what? Give an extra honor because of, of, of the weaker vessel. And to be what? Gentle. And, uh, and to regard her as, as, as valuable. We mentioned just because the, 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 the vessel is weaker, uh, in a sense, physically, doesn't mean it's less valuable. And we made the comparison of, uh, you know, of the old uh, plastic plate and the fine china. You know, uh, the fine china certainly is more delicate, but it's far more valuable uh, th th than the other uh, uh, you know, uh, dinnerware and such. So it has nothing to do with value. And so uh, uh, oftentimes, having, being in the weaker vessel, uh, a lot of times there's, uh, there's that stress that goes along with that. We saw that. Sometimes the stresses of life can be, uh, can be uh, perplexing. And uh, we think about that. Uh, of course, in our country, with uh, the freedoms that we have, uh, we do have, uh, uh, you know, women that are in abusive situations can, if they will, you know, make uh, the right phone calls and talk to the right people. No woman should stay in, a, in an abusive situation where she's getting physically abused. She ought to call the authorities, and we have uh, means in our country whereby she can be helped uh, from that and be delivered from that. Unfortunately, that's not true in many other countries, and uh, they'd have to trust the Lord. And uh, he, and by the way, he can deliver them there as well, can't he? And uh, uh, and uh, so uh, uh, we need to remember that. But even in our even in our country, there are things that can be fearful for a woman, you know, to think of in life, things that may come uh, their way and, uh, and, and that befall uh, many marriages. The battle of life has a lot of dangers. It can be fearful. Uh, the devil's out to destroy marriages. Uh, he, he's, he wants to destroy everything that God has ordained. But what, what, uh, what might a woman fear? Divorce, uh, abuse, infidelity, uh, poverty, Failure, insignificance. Uh, these might be might be things that that a woman might fear, and uh, a husband ought to be a protector in those things. Uh, we ought to let our wives know that we love them, and uh, we ought to say that often, tell them that often, uh, that that we love them, and uh, and uh, we ought not to give them reason to doubt our love. We ought to confirm that love in the actions that we do. In the words, in the words that we say, the sacrifices that we make, our protection. Uh, I think about uh, Jesus when he defended uh, Mary, the, the sister of uh, Martha, in Mark chapter 14, and verse 4 and following. And there uh, they were having a, a dinner was made for Jesus. Simon the leper had made a dinner at his place for Jesus, and Mary and Martha and Lazarus were there visiting, among others, and. Uh, the Bible says in Mark 14, 4 and following, and there were some that had indignation. Oh, what, what happened? Uh, Mary, Mary was there, the sister of Martha. And remember, she took that 
that uh, alabala box of ointment and she broke that and she anointed the uh, the feet of Jesus and and uh, and uh, you know others uh, you know stood up and and the, the Bible says in Mark fourteen four there were some that had indignation within themselves and said why was this waste of the ointment made for it might have been sold for more than three hundred pence years wages and had been given to the poor and they murmured against her and Jesus said let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She's come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. You know, I thought about Jesus, how he spoke up for Mary. Mary was doing a wondrous thing there. Uh, Mary was uh, known as a godly woman. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Jesus loved them and they opened their home. Uh, this wasn't their home, but uh, when Jesus also was in, was in, uh, was in Bethany, Mary, that Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived there also. He was welcome in their home. And there was a, it was a godly family. But earlier in Jesus' ministry, he had been invited into a dinner. Uh, one of the Pharisees invited him into dinner. And a woman from town came in. And she, everybody knew, was a sinner. She came in wanting salvation and forgiveness of sins and she before this happened took what some ointment and broke it and anointed the feet of Jesus and uh, wiped, you know, wiped his feet with her hair Mary was copying Mary this godly woman was copying that woman that was a sinner wanting forgiveness of sins now Mary's was a was an offering of love for the burial of Christ. He, he said that he, for memorial. The other woman's was an offering of, uh, uh, of repentance and uh, uh, wanting forgiveness of sins and, and it was an offering of worship. Mary, this godly woman, was, was uh, identifying with this sinful woman, doing the same thing that she did. She humbling herself and uh, so that was, that was an honored offering that woman poured out her heart and she says she's, you know, I, I, I'm no better than she really and I'm going to offer this up, up also and uh, I thought that was a very you know, humble offering but I think about how Jesus defended her and you others said you know, well, of course it was Judas you know, who spoke up first you know, this could have been sold for 300 pence and given to the poor he was what? He was a thief and he held the bag, remember that? Yeah, yeah the poor probably wouldn't have seen even one pence of it, let alone all, all 300 of it. But uh, Judas started the, of course, everybody thought Judas was an upstanding guy. I mean, boy, it's a good thing Jesus picked him to be treasurer. He really knows his business. He's a faithful guy. No, he had everybody, everybody fooled. Uh, but uh, Jesus spoke up and he knew. He spoke up. What did he do? He understood her motives. <laughs> He knew that Mary, he knew her within. And as husbands, you know, we get close, we draw close. We ought, to, uh, we ought to know, in a sense, our wife's motives. And by the way, when we don't, we ought to assume the best. Amen. When we don't, we ought to assume the best. That old wicked nature, you know, somebody says something, and what do we think of? The worst, the first thing, first of all. 
you know, what's the worst way I could have taken that? You know, and away goes the, you know, the old nature inside of us. No, no, we ought to assume the best regarding that. Jesus understood her motives. She wanted to worship him. She wanted to, it was for memorial. Uh, he recognized her contribution. She's done what she could. This is what she wanted to do. This is what the Holy Spirit is moving her to do. He recognized uh, her, her, her contribution. Uh, he commemorated her actions. <laughs> Wherever this gospel is preached, this is, she's done, you know, sh shall, be, uh, shall, be, uh, shall, be, shall be spoken of. He defended her honor. What's this woman doing? It could have been given to the poor. You know, Jesus, he stood up for her. He said, hey, she's a godly woman. She did everything just the way God wanted. Leave her alone. He defended her. And uh, as husbands, we are to be defenders of our wives. Uh, we ought not to listen to people talk down about our wives. And we ought to speak up when that, if that, should that, you know, come our way and fall upon our ears. And we ought to be defenders there. And uh, defenders of our wives' honor. And uh, recognizing their contribution uh, uh, to the Lord in our lives. Uh, uh, rearing children. And uh, I tell you, uh, we can be thankful uh, for godly uh, wives. And uh, for all that God uses them for. Husband is to be the protector of the wife. Body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. Um, you know, protecting her physically, protecting her mentally, uh, guarding her spirit, not being harsh and harmful in the way that we speak. We talked about that some, some, some last week. Uh, speaking to her in respect. Uh, she's not the old lady. <laughs> she's not, you know, the old ball and chain. You know, you hear the world talk, about, talk like that. Uh, and uh, no, she is, uh, she's your wife. And uh, she needs uh, protection. And the, the husband ought to be in love. Providing protection. <clears throat> Secondly. The husband in love ought to be providing provision. Also again for the spirit, soul and body. Provision. Provision. Christ died for the church. Uh, verse 25. Verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. In the end, God is going to present us to himself. <laughs> He's working in us to make us like Jesus Christ. And in the end, he's going to bring his work, us, <laughs> before him. And he's working to make us ready for that. And by the way, he has what? Provided all we need to be ready for that time. Amen. Uh, he has provided all that we need uh, to be ready for that time. It is Christ who sanctifies, cleanses, and presents the church to himself. Christ provides all the church needs to glorify him. And a husband is called to be the provider of, uh, 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 of the wife's needs. He is to labor that he might provide his own. Provide for his own. And uh, I think that's the, uh, that's the biblical design. Uh, pray my, my hat is off, my heart is out to single women. 
uh, who, uh, who have to now uh, uh, provide for a family because a husband is left or, or maybe there's a situation uh, where the husband's not working and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the wife has to provide uh, for, the, uh, 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 for the family. Uh, the, uh, the president's uh, press secretary, what's her name? Uh, what is it? Yes, uh, she actually uh, works, and her husband is a stay-at-home stay husband. And uh, let me just say this. Uh, I don't think that's best, and I say this in love. I think you'd be better uh, to, to be on a shoestring budget and have less money with the husband working and paying the bills than you would be to have all the fancy cars and, ha and have the wife paying the bills. I think God's design order is that the husband provides for the family. And if, uh, if that means less, that means less material things, then it does. Uh, yet the husband ought to be providing the needs. Uh, you're going to find there's going to be some problems uh, in your relationship if we go against God's design. And uh, that's just my advice as a pastor. I believe that's what the Word of God teaches. And I think that it's evidenced in lives we, where, where, we, where we see where, it, where, where couples try to go contrary to that, trying to reason in some way, you know, why, why the wife ought, ought to be out working to pay the bills while the husband stays at home with the children. Uh, and uh, again, for wives that have to do, have to do that, my heart's out to you, uh, my hat's off to you, and, uh, and God, God can provide, but obviously it's gonna, not going to be the best in some ways for the family. There's going to be suffering because of that. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, God is gracious and merciful to us often, even in our sufferings, isn't he? He will, if we'll seek him uh, and do that. But providing, uh, providing, uh, providing for the family. Uh, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 5.8, if any man provide not for his own, and here uh, the context he's talking about is caring for widows in your family that, that you're related to. The husband has died, or, uh, and now there's a widow. And of course, in Bible days, uh, when you know, the parents would, re uh, would rear the children, and then the, as the parents got old, uh, the children would then take care of the parents. They would honor their parents. And, uh, and so that's what Paul was saying in Christianity. He says, uh, uh, if, any, if any provide not for his own, especially those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than, than an infidel. So a husband is supposed to you know, provide for his family, but also if there's widows in, you know, in, in, in the family and stuff, to care for them uh, and, uh, and provide for them. Uh, our needs. Uh, now, there are many Christians today uh, who might take what I... or uh, many, I'd say, uh, but there are definitely some who, who take what I have just said, you know, and uh, and take it totally out of uh, context and and get their lives all messed up. The husband is supposed to provide the wife's needs. Okay, well, the materialistic wife's going to say what? You see that? Now I need a house, and I need and I need a couple cars. I need, you know, I need, uh, you know, we need we need a nice playground out there for the kids, and uh, and uh, this grocery bill needs needs to the budget needs to go way up there because we haven't had steaks in a long time, you know. And the materialistic husband, you know, I got to provide for my wife, you know. Uh, the neighbor has a new car; she don't have one yet, and uh, you know, and on and on it goes. The materialistic Christians can 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 run forever with that one, uh, but uh, you, we got to be careful. Because what? 
God is concerned about, about what? Our needs being provided, not our greeds being provided. We think about that. A uh, couple examples in the Bible. Uh, well, first of all, not remaining on husbands providing for wives. Proverbs 24, 27. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. Husband, do the work. Make sure you can provide for the needs of a family, your wife, and however many children you plan on having. Work to provide for those needs. You get things in order there. Uh, Mary, build that, build that family and, and trust God. Work, work in that. And again, if you get away from the word needs, you can run a long way in the wrong direction with that. Uh, some illustrations of the Bible. Uh, 1st truth, 1st uh, Timothy 6.6. 6. Godliness with contentment, what? Is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Did you hear that? <laughs> wow, that's uh, pretty powerful, isn't it? Having food and raiment. And I think we can, we can count, you know, a roof so, we, so our head don't get wet, you know, so we're not sleeping in the dew at night, you know. Uh, but that's pretty basic. And God says, Christians, husbands and wives, learn to be content with that. You see, if we have that, God has provided our needs, right? And that, sometimes we as Christians, we forget that. Uh, think about uh, 1 Timothy 5 8, we just talked about there. If any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith as worse than an infidel. How did Jesus fulfill that commandment? As best we can understand, his mother was a widow. How did he take care of that? He kept that commandment by committing Mary to John. He said, woman, behold thy son. You know, son, behold thy mother. That's what he did. And John took care of Mary. He said, well, why not the other brother? They weren't saved yet, remember? They hadn't believed on him yet. Jesus committed his mother. He, did, he didn't have the finances, but he built a relationship with John who could care for her. Or, or at least what? Meet the needs, amen? And he said, here's how I'm taking care of that. He didn't leave her a big inheritance of material stuff. He sure left them a wealth of spiritual stuff, didn't he? He sure left them all they needed. You know, I tell you, I'd rather have the one, I'd rather have the one who can give me all I truly need than, 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 just, than just all the materials that I think I might need. Because those can be quite different. Uh, quite different. Um... <clears throat> I think also of John and James, Peter and Andrew. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, 5, Paul wrote, Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas and Peter? They led about a wife. Peter had a wife. Do you remember how Jesus met Peter, James, John, and Andrew? 
they had what it seemed like a, a successful fishing business. Uh, they had multiple boats. Uh, they had servants in those boats. Jesus came along and what? Called uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John away from their businesses and said, come follow me. And uh, Peter left a successful fishing business and led around a wife in the exalted seaside town of Capernaum. He left that business to dwell in the urban city of Jerusalem where he testified, silver and gold have I none. And he said coming into the temple after Christ's resurrection, uh, or, or speaking to Christ actually, uh, he said, we have left all to follow thee. You see that? Was Peter and Andrew and James and John, were they caring for their families? I would say they were. Did they have a lot of material wealth? Absolutely not. But what? Their needs were met. Amen. Their needs were met. I think about that, how the devil would tempt a couple that's called to a mission field or something. You know, where, where you might be, you might be called to one of those places where they're living in cardboard boxes at night. Oh, how the devil, you're supposed to provide for your wife. Oh, how the devil could tempt the wife. You're supposed to provide for me. But yet God what? He works in the heart of both believers, doesn't he? And both recognize the call of God. We'll be content. Because we have food to eat, clothes to wear. We have the love of Christ. I love you and you love me. And we'll have all we need. And by the way, all the money in the world can't guarantee that kind of spirit. Amen. And those are the true riches. Uh, but yet we are to work to provide those needs uh, and uh, the needs of our family. <clears throat> Provision. <clears throat> then thirdly, and finally in this thing of marriage, to show, for the husband to show uh, love for his wife, uh, it needs to include partnership. They too, Ephesians 5, 31, this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. We talked about some, this about some last week too. It's a partnership. Um, we are gregarious creations. We need people. We need that fellowship. And if you're called to marriage, that's your calling, then you and your wife are, are becoming one in the Lord. That's, that's a miracle that God works. As you seek to love Him. <laughs> Husbands, you can't love God without loving your wife. Wives, you can't love God without loving your husband. We can't love God without seeking and putting each other first uh, in, this, in this thing of marriage. But husbands, your wife must have the sense of belonging and security in your marriage. Your wife should be resting in, in the commitment that you have to one another. She ought not to fear the D word. By the way, don't even say the D word. Amen. Don't let that in your conversation. Be faithful one to another. And of course, there's, you're out there, you say, well, I've already got the D word in my life. Well, the D word's in your life, it's in the past, leave it there, amen? And have that commitment. Uh, what did Jesus say to you and I? I will what? Never leave thee, nor forsake thee. 
How many times was in my life uh, would Jesus have been justified to leave me and forsake me? I can't count them. I can't count them. But he made that promise to me anyway. But God committed his love toward us, what? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for me when I still hated him. When I still loved my own life and wanted to live my own. That's when he died. That's when he showed his greatest love. And we need to recognize that, have that partnership uh, that we are sold out. That we, by the way, that we meant those marriage vows. Amen. And uh, we want to keep those. Uh, husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. We see it all, 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 all down through here. <clears throat> Jesus claimed the church. Matthew 16, 18, I say unto thee, thou art the, uh, say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build what? My church. Mine. My church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. <clears throat> uh, we are heirs together of the grace of life, husband and wife. We saw that last week, 1 Peter 3, 7. She's not the wife. She's your wife. She's my wife. Uh, we have that belonging. That, that we belong together. Uh, given to you by God. You becoming one with your wife. Great importance of fulfilling the will of God for your life. 1 Corinthians 7, 2. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Lisa is my wife. And I am her husband. There's a belonging. And that is not to be broken. Let not man put asunder. Let not man put asunder. <clears throat> Consider the references in this context. So ought men to love what? Their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. Verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined unto his wife. They twain shall be one flesh. Uh, nevertheless, every one of you, verse 33, in particular, shall love his wife, even as himself. Wife, she that she reverence her husband. Uh, a one woman man. And we ought to have eyes for our wives. Your wife. Your wife. My wife. <clears throat> In Matthew 5, 28, I say unto you, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Jesus knows our hearts. We need to realize that sin doesn't start when it's done. Sin starts in here. When you get tempt, we begin to get tempted with those thoughts, and and uh, the Bible talked about people uh, who turning away from God, who had eyes full of adultery that could not cease from sin. Every woman that goes by, and today I tell you, there there many times they're not wearing much out there these days. And yeah, you know what I mean. We're out there in the world. We have to consider where we're looking. Amen. And. Uh, and what we're thinking about. And knowing this, we're an open book before God. 
And we need to seek him about that and to have that, that purifying in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts, as men especially. Um, if you can't control the computer, throw the computer away. If you can't keep it on the right channels on TV, throw the TV away. You're better off without it. And we need to, and by the way, many marriages have been ruined because people weren't able to control those things and didn't get rid of them. It's very destructive. Very destructive. And we need to take that seriously. Flee! Fornication, the Bible says. Run! Do the Joseph thing, amen? Forsaking all others, we said in the marriage vows. And uh, that relation is a special relation between husband and wife. And it's holy. It needs to be preserved. I think of Job 31, 9 through 12. If mine heart had been deceived by a woman, or if I have laid wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind unto another, and let others bow down upon her. For this is an heinous crime. Yea, it is an iniquity to be punished by the judges and would root out all mine increase. Job said, I'm sitting there waiting for that neighbor to walk out the door because I've seen her and she's good looking. He's, Job said, then watch the destruction come in my life. Watch it root out all mine increase. I made a covenant with my eyes. I won't do that. Because I, I know the destruction it will bring. He said it would, would like a fire that consumes to destruction, would ruin all mine increase. I was thinking about that some time ago. I uh, was burning some brush. I had uh, I had a drop a uh, a uh, tarp or something laying down in the yard and. You know, I uh, actually was one of, the, one of those pools for the kids uh, and uh, had sat in the yard for a while. And you know how you move the pool, the grass kind of dies because it's been sitting there. You know, it took a while for the grass to come back. Well, it grew back and all that. Well, sometime later, I, was, I had to burn some brush. And I don't have, you've been to our place. Everybody here has been, been to our place. All we really own is the yard. We don't own any of the forest. My neighbor, uh, I, I went over and talked with my neighbor now, and he lets me use his brush pile now to, to, now to, burn, to, to burn stuff on it. But this is before I talked to him, and I saw I burned a pile of brush in my yard. And you know what happened? Uh, when I got done cleaning all that up, there was a circle around there where that fire had burnt. And I tell you what, that grass was burnt to the root. And it took a long time for the, and some seeding for that grass to come back. Why? Because it was a fire that consumes to destruction and it rooted out the growth that was there. That's what adultery of the heart and mind will do if we allow it to stay. You see, if we allow our thoughts uh, uh, to, uh, to be wicked and be focused upon those things. Job said, I'm not, I made a cover with my eyes, I won't do that because it'll root out all my increase. It'll destroy in my life. And we need to recognize that and realize that uh, and be faithful uh, to our wives and submit those things to God casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity what? every thought to the obedience of Christ it's okay when a thought comes I've mentioned this before name it that's from hell 
God, send that to hell. Tell the devil, uh, tell, tell the devil to go to hell. That's where he's going, by the way. Amen. I don't want that. And get the victory there. And be, be, be aware of that. 1 Corinthians 7, 4. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. Likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. God knows uh, those natural human drawings that we have. The, the attraction of the husband to the wife, the wife to the husband. And he says, wife, you belong to your husband. Husband, you belong to your wife. And you honor that. You honor that relationship. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time. That ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. So both husband and wife say, we're not going to get together and have relations for a while. It needs to be a decision both of you make. And both of you make prayerfully. Otherwise what? You can be tempted by the devil. He'll start speaking, you know, and tempting, and uh, husband or wife. The Bible says you need to elevate that thing as holy and treat it, and treat it as holy. Uh, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus elevated the place of women. Moving on to other thoughts. Jesus entrusted Mary with service. We think of Mary Magdalene. And uh, isn't it interesting that she was the first one to see the resurrected Christ? If somebody's going to make up the Bible... She'd be the wrong one to pick. Because uh, people weren't even, women weren't even allowed to really talk in public back then, much less be considered a credible witness. And Mary Magdalene, it seems, didn't have a very good past. And Jesus picked her to be the first one to see, to see him resurrected. He exalted the place of women. When he risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. What did he say to her? He said, Touch me not, I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. She came and told the disciples she had seen the Lord, that he had spoken these things unto her. First one to see the resurrected Christ, first one to go share the gospel, first one to be rejected by the hearers who heard it. <laughs> nah, they didn't believe her. But Jesus exalted her. Uh, you know what the Bible says about the, the good wife, the, the Proverbs 31, the heart of her husband thus safely trust in her so that he shall, no, shall have no need of spoil. You see, a wife is a, a hard worker. She's industrious. Uh, takes a lot of work. You think, you think in Bible days, you read Proverbs, through Proverbs 31, it took a lot of work to turn the farm into clothing and food. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of work involved, a lot of physical labor involved in that, both for the husband and the wife and the children as they grew up. And we as husbands, we have wives that work hard. We ought to be thankful for that. And we ought to recognize that and thank them uh, for the work they do. You know, my wife thanks me for things I ought to do, that I'm commanded to do, when I do them. <laughs> I don't always do them. <laughs> but you know, I thank my wife for things that she's commanded to do also. Because I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that I have a wife who will do what God has commanded her to do. And we ought to be, say, thank you a lot. We ought to say, I love you a lot uh, in, 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 in our marriages. Listen, as men, we are cre uh, as human beings, we are created to please God. Revelation 4.11 uh, 
For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We, we are to love God and please him first. No man that warreth and tangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen to be a soldier. That's the calling of every believer. But yet, and we please God when we yield to his commandments. That's loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving our neighbor as ourselves. But as we said already, if you're a husband, who's your first neighbor? Who's your first other? Your wife. Your wife. Your wife. <clears throat> and so it's God first, your wife second. And then all, and then all others, and then yourself. Uh, secondly, pleasing his wife. Uh, he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. 1 Corinthians 7.33. What Paul is saying that's the way it ought to be. Don't be confused. Well, I can't do this, but because of my wife. Paul says, what are you saying? You are to care for your wife. She is the second after Jesus. And so, come together on that. This partnership involves work. It's not going to be easy. Matter of fact, loving our wives as Christ loved the church is what? Impossible. Just like it is for the wife to reverence the husband and to love the husband. It's impossible the way God calls us to do it. We have to lean on the Lord. We have to know his strength. Uh, and, uh, you know, we think about this. And, and we think about this. And, and what, what is the battle? Why, why, don't, why, don't we, why, why do we find it hard to do? We're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It's God which worketh in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. Think about this. God's will is best for us. God knows what's best for us. God wants what's best for us. And God is able to do through us what's best for us. So why don't we just yield and let him do it? Because there's something in you and me called self. And we aren't quite convinced yet that God has the best ideas all the time. That's frankly the truth of all of us. That's why we sin. We think we have a better right, or we fail to do what we, what we know we ought to do, whether it's commission or omission. That's why, because somehow we think we got a better way. And we're always battling that thing, that problem of self. God loves us most, His will is best for us, yet we still have to work it out because we have self that interrupts. And you know what? Mar spirit, mar marital love is the same way. Uh, we have this self that gets involved. Uh, and, uh, and it can uh, want to control our lives. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. Ask, can you think of a more selfless love than that of Christ? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? Poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. That's what he sacrificed. A husband is called to a selfless, sacrificial love for his wife. A husband is called to a spiritual love, to, to a committed love. Uh, 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 what God had joined together, let not man put asunder. That faithfulness. Uh, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continually ye in my love. God has loved me with his love. I have loved you with God's love. Now you continue loving one another with my love. That's what Jesus said. 
and husbands. That, of course, applies first and foremost between us and our wives, that we love her with the love of Christ and yield to the Holy Spirit and be growing in that all the time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your mercies and grace. And Father, we thank you for, uh, for our wives. And, and Lord, I pray that, that you would uh, teach us as husbands how to love them more. Father, how to uh, be thoughtful and how to learn about our wives and, and uh, speaking with them, communicating with them, and having our daily lives together and things we can do. For one another as, as, as married couples and, and uh, working together in, 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 uh, in rearing children and, and, uh, and uh, influencing grandchildren and uh, Father, uh, doing whatever we have before us to do together as one life before you. And I prayed, help us more and more in that. And I thank you, Heavenly Father. Uh, for for the wives that you have given each each husband here, and I thank you for uh, for each husband here, dear God. And I thank you for your spirit because we have hope. Uh, we know that that you can help us, dear God, more and more, and we can experience more of what you talked about, making us one in you, and know the joy of sharing a life together, of jo rejoicing. Uh, with our wives as you have commanded each one of us individually with our own wives as you've commanded us in your word so many times help us father to be more godly uh, more faithful in these things and father we pray and ask it in jesus name amen